This is Creators in Vietnam with Tuesi and Moni. We aim to inspire you on your journey by interviewing creative entrepreneurs across Vietnam who make a positive impact on their community and their own lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Creators in Vietnam. This is Tuesi speaking, and I'm with Moni as usual. Hi, how are you, Moni? Hey, good. Excited for today. Hi. And uh, <laughs> today our guest is uh, Solin from her Vietnamese name, Ling. How are you, Solin? I'm good. Yeah. Good morning. Monday so, morning from Ho Chi Minh City. So just a quick introduction of Solin. Um, so you came back to Vietnam after living overseas in Switzerland, Singapore and Uganda in 2015. Uh, you're today a university lecturer and the project lead for gender equality across Vietnam industries and for the Women Empower- Empowerment Club. Yes. Anything that I forgot? No, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. So today what we're going to have is a, a special episode where we're going to be still talking about you, Solin, because I think you have a very interesting background. But we'll also have a roundtable discussion about some of the topics that you find very interesting and that we actually find very, very interesting here in Vietnam, which is gender equality. And you mm-hmm. have a, 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 some really good information to give us. <laughs> and parts of gender equality is women's empowerment. So we'll talk about all of this as much as we can for one hour. So we're excited. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's also a topic very close to my heart, so I'm really excited to hear Solin's perspective. How mm-hmm. is it going on uh, yeah. in Vietnam for gender equality? Very good. So just before we start, uh, we like to ask our guest a little bit about their background. So just your upbringing, how you grew up here in Vietnam or not in Vietnam, and you know your relationship with your parents. And overall, what brought you to be you today? <laughs> Wow, how many minutes I have for that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually, I I spent, I would say, 18 years, the first 18 years of my life in Vietnam, but actually from Vung Tau, mm-hmm. a small yeah, sea town close to Ho Chi Minh City, which dominated by the northern population in the city because of oil and gas. That's very interesting because I'm going to highlight why. Uh, it has a lot to do with the gender Um, really? gender roles as well between oh. northern and the southern family that's interesting right? so after that I I moved to Singapore first for my education and then working there for total around five years in Singapore before I continue from 18 to uh, to 23 oh wow university yeah. then yes university oh, nice. and working for yeah, about yeah. two years yeah with Highway Singapore so my specialization is in tourism and hospitality industries Where I already work across all sectors of the industry. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Switzerland, and this is where I got empowered by all of my classmates, my friends, to be who I am today as a person and as a woman. Amazing. A lot of things that, you know, in Vietnamese culture, we thought that women are not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yep. actually mean anything <laughs> for other culture because they don't, they do not share this kind of, like, you know, like norms. Yeah. and perceptions mm-hmm. yeah. so that was the first time I was like oh wow and I break through as a person um, discovered a lot of uh, my mm. my talents because I believe I could do it as even I'm a woman and then after that I chose to do something that you know to be wild or crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> my parents almost went nuts <laughs> and dragged yeah. me back from Switzerland <laughs> when I told them that okay I'm going to Africa for work mm-hmm. Right, but to Uganda specifically because I'm so passionate about ecotourism. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and my parents, you know, because in Vietnam, a lot of people don't know about, you know, Africa. It's yeah. like mysterious. <laughs> right? It's the yeah. mysterious land. And yeah. it's like, why are you going there? You know, you are you crazy? You know, don't you're already in Singapore and Switzerland. Why don't you choose, you know, better developed countries? Why going mm. to underdeveloped countries? Don't that? make your CV look bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, yeah, 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 yeah. right? It's not it's not, it's too yeah. dangerous over there. And when food. I went there, it's very funny because in my in my family I'm so independent. They grew me that way because I'm the first born child as well. So normally they only call me probably once a month. And when I was in Uganda, they called me once a week. Oh, okay. I <laughs> and see that nice. was like, so interesting. I was like, no, yeah, stop yeah. calling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but it, it's completely changed my mind who I am as a person again in Uganda. Mm-hmm. I become a lot more humble, realizing, you know, really it's deepened my realization of people from very different backgrounds. Right, our expectations for yep. other people. And that's why exactly why I grow my yeah. empathy for, for others. Right, because I really experience it in a very deep level when I work with my teams mm-hmm. as a leaders. Yeah. Um, can so I can I ask you actually what were you what were you doing in Uganda? You um, said eco tourism. So I uh, basically the company I work with, uh, there are two sites. It's like a destination management company mm-hmm. that bring the guests to Uganda for safari tourism, and also the uh, property management company where we manage for. Uh, luxury lodges in different mm. parts of Uganda. So my job is to lead the reservation department, uh, being kind of like um, left hand for the GM and travel mm. around, working with lodge managers, recruit staff, provide some trainings as well. And yeah, take care of the guests if I have to. Mm-hmm. So that was the great yeah. experience. Yeah, right. And then at one moment there, in a very remote village in the northern part of Uganda, I encountered a very similar fears that reminded me a lot about Vietnam. And that was the moment that I decided to go with women empowerment activities. So I saw, basically, we were bringing a group of guests, um, walking around the village, explaining about the culture, traditional homes, you know, tourism activities. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then I saw a lady, a local lady, carrying the babies on her back. And then she's doing houseworks. Right. Yeah. No matter, you know, what's going on there, everyone trying to take the photos with like with the tourists or curious, she just ignored the whole crowd and focused on her work. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god, it looks exactly like Vietnamese women in my time in the nineties when I was born. Mm-hmm. Right. It looked like my mom and many other women that I, I see, right? Yeah. Where their responsibility is there, regardless of what's happening around them. And that's when I was like, because I was empowered, so I want, um, you know, to do something about that as well. Because mm-hmm. I think all of them, all the amazing women, strong, resilient women, mm-hmm. deserve also a chance to grow and not to be limited only with the houseworks like this. Yeah. Right. So that was the the breaking moment for me to decide to go with this. And when I come back in twenty fifteen, at the end of like twenty fifteen, back to Vietnam. Uh, regardless of what I was doing, I was trying to to, to empower uh, my friends, my staff, people around me. And until I get to the point of a more structured program with Women Empowerment Club mm-hmm. in 2017. Oh, really nice. To get to that point, I'm, I want to, I'm curious to hear what did you perceive growing up in Vung Tau and then versus what 
transformation you had in Switzerland that opened your eyes? <laughs> Basically, um, it's not just Vietnam, but I think also the Northern families, they have a lot of expectations in for the firstborn child, especially mm. if she's yeah. a girl, yeah. a lot of protection, what we should behave and we should not behave as a girl. Yeah, my parents are Northerners, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, when I decided to continue after Switzerland, I continued to, to go to Uganda and planning to pursue my PhD afterward. My father freaked out and he's like, who's going to marry you uh, <laughs> right, if you go into Uganda mm. or if you continue study? All right, my mom was like, did you send her to study so that she you know, get back and, and get married? All right, even between, you know, like the family is already a bit like yeah. different expectation. Mm-hmm. in there and they expected me to get married at a certain age um, what age did they, did they start to mention it they don't actually mention it um, it, it just happened uh, naturally because I, I went through some experience there before yeah. personal story not willing to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I yeah, oh I no, I no I'm kidding that's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah I went yeah. through an engagement for before right? okay, yeah. so they don't okay. really you know brought it up yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. it's a challenge story yeah yeah. Anyway, so, um, but what I was trying to say is at that time I was already, what, 25? And that is the age of getting married in Vietnam. So that's already why my father. 25. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I started a lot earlier than friends because I study overseas, which means that my program, what I study is much shorter. So, for example, two and a half years versus four years in Vietnam. Uh-huh. So that's why I can start working a lot earlier, uh-huh. right, than my friends. Right. When I graduate from school, university, I already have like two years, two and a half years experience and start getting my, my master's degree. Mm. That's a huge, huge advantage. Yeah, so it's already, you know, like my achievement already are like you know, longer than, than other friends in the same age. Um, but because of that, my parents are so like, okay, so you get already somewhere in your career. You're 25, <laughs> time to go back to Vietnam and settle. Not continue traveling, mm. you know, like to some wild places like, you know, yeah. Uganda. So- it's so interesting that also my parents put a timeline on things. So basically, right. you reach a certain level in your career. Let's say you have already four years experience. You have enough income. Okay, fine. You are done. <laughs> and then next step. Next step is marriage. And probably after that, okay, now you are married for two years. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And mm. also to a certain point, I think when, when, my, when my father even saying that you need to be responsible. Okay. I hope it doesn't <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, I always make, like, make it as a joke. It's so funny that my dad said that in Vietnamese. He said that I need to be responsible to my country, right, and to humanity, and oh, have to wow. give birth. <laughs> Interesting. Does he still oh. say that? <laughs> he still says this. <laughs> and by the way, obviously, he said it after he already gave up on, you know, yeah, yeah. telling me that I should get married and uh, have kids already. And now he turned to uh, a bigger responsibility. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> to, his to, last to, weapon. Yeah, to nation. Yeah, to my nation and to humanity. <laughs> so that I have to continue, you know, like the, with the yeah. next generation and give birth. <laughs> do, you, do you have wow. any siblings? Yes, I have two younger brothers. Uh, and uh, Yeah, and my middle brother already get married and already have child. Like, yeah, you know, I have yeah, my, yeah. my niece. Yeah, she's yeah. lovely. But I always joke with my parents, like, what else do you wish for? You want to get on the stage, you already get on yeah, the stage. Yeah. You want, you know, a, a grandchild, you already have a grandchild. This Done. is, yeah. But the, this I, is actually interesting because I, because I feel like, you know, when you're the firstborn, and I've met so many of those profiles here in Vietnam, and we can have a discussion about this if you want. <laughs> but because you're the firstborn, you're the firstborn. I know so many of my friends that were firstborn female. 
And it, there is always that type of profile where, because because you're asked to be the protector of the family as the firstborn, you have so much of this responsibility that you naturally become very independent. You know, you, you talk about gender equality and those things, and it goes against, at the end, everything that the parents want. They're like, no, 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 wait. We want you to protect the family, but we want you to be a good woman. It's so strange. Yeah, and it's so strange. I mean, I understand the pressure that you must have. It's, it's tough because also my brother is now having a girlfriend. They're kind of getting married. and then, But still, like, I told my parents, like, it's more you, pressure should, than us you should be happy, thing. guys. There's someone in the family already gone. And like, no, 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 it's about. The like first the firstborn, you are the older one. Yeah. I'm worried about you. And yeah, also in absolutely. Vietnam, women is believed to get married earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we have a timeline for that. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. you know, we have a kind of like threshold. Twenty five to thirty. And by the way, that is the age of Vietnamese age, which plus one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, plus one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm way overdue. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like if your brother, the younger brother, if already mm. settled down it's even more precious on yeah. you yeah. because it's very illogical in their mind I mean yeah. your shoes girl yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've seen a lot of those profiles and it's, it's, it's such a conundrum you know <laughs> until now my relative and I still remember in my brother's wedding and until now my relative is still saying that I'm a loser mm. they still tell me that you know yeah. oh you like you're so gamer like you know you oh, you are such gamer. a loser as compared to your brother because you were older sister yeah. and he already married and you still you know single it, this is this is, this must be infuriating it, uh, it is because we we yeah. have this in the male version but the female version is just so much harsher where but it's it comes with a lot of i mean you're the pioneer <laughs> thanks to you <laughs> this will change <laughs> slowly yeah. because you are doing the work of education so every time you know you set your boundaries and every time you say no like i'm not game or I mean, I hope you do that that work. Of, I mean, it's, an, it's annoying. And, oh, yeah. Shit. And you know, like, you yeah. can even go, um, I experienced something, it's very interesting, it's just like almost, I think one or two years ago, I cannot yeah. believe that um, this happened. They treated it like a disease. Yeah. Now, that's this when I talk about Northern families. Uh-huh. Because I know Southern families, a lot of my friends don't really experience this. Um, so one side, you have, <clears throat> I hope my families don't hear this. <laughs> you know, the Northern <laughs> culture is about keeping faith right yeah, <laughs> my yeah, mom yeah. gonna freak out if it's like what do you tell people about yeah, our yeah. family like that you know <laughs> but hey but it's the culture right yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's very interesting because um, one side we have everyone very proud of the let's say my achievement so far I know my parents are proud mm-hmm. a lot of siblings are proud and uh, my, my siblings my cousins and my, my uncle and my aunts because they always say like you know to their children is like, like to look up to, to me because with uh, you know I'm successful to a certain level. However, when their daughter, like my cousins, you know, that talk to me and you know, kind of like I talk about woman empowerment. And then, if one of them, let's say, university student, already happened two years ago, right? Come back and told her, I don't want to get married. And like, come on, like she's twenty years old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, when we're young, we always say, oh, I want my, you know my freedom and all that. And her mother freak out. You know, my aunt freak out and then told my, like and told my mom that I I I get the bad influence on mm. her daughter and treated oh, it like yeah. a disease. I was so upset about that. But I never, you know, like and of course my family from Hanoi. Mm. The whole yeah. family from Hanoi. I was it's born like, and raised in Bumtao, but the whole family from Hanoi. When you said you don't want to get married, as if you tell them like I hate you. <laughs> it's like almost like the weight of saying like 
I I don't want to get married. But I even I remember once I I was so angry with my mom because she was keep saying like you know you have some point you need to get married and it's like the natural part of life and at that point I didn't have a boyfriend and I'm like mom I at the moment I don't want to get married there's no one but she she yeah. took it as such a so badly she she took it as if like I say something really or in an insult somewhere an insult to the family yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I this makes me frustrated for you girls <laughs> <laughs> very much so because we don't yeah. we don't give because we always say i mean like the older generation uh, always say that it's the the woman's problem when we should we should give so much more shit to the men like it's <laughs> us men that should step up the game a little bit maybe because <laughs> like if you don't really, if you yeah. don't find anyone i mean it's not a question of finding someone like you you're not going to be complete because you find a man in your life but it's also the the men's there is so much more education to do on the men's side that goes like you know hey you're not going to complete a woman you're not going to be the solution but you can be the good partner you know like you can mm-hmm. respect they're not your object you don't you know the, out of this there is so much work to do on the men's side and just pointing the finger at the woman and say this is your duty is not understanding how much pressure you're having at but there is no one i'm swiping yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but there is no one <laughs> I'm really trying. <laughs> yeah, and also um you know when it gets to um it's very interesting that you mentioned about education because it is right in mm. Vietnam we do have a lot of statistics showing especially when it comes to a certain region let's say Mekong Delta uh-huh. is even worse in terms of education gap between yeah. uh, boys and girls because the yeah. family does prioritize boys to go to yeah. school if yeah. they have financial yeah. restraints. Of course. Yeah, and also I think to explain this, their generations, our parents, is how they know as a happy life. Right, mm-hmm. their whole yeah. life is to go around, you know, exactly. get married, and if when you are sick, someone take care of you, yeah. right? Somewhere be there for you, and for them, that is so far the whole world that they knew That's the purpose. about happiness. Yeah. Yes. And that's why everyone, you know, want to be happy. That's why you can see that parents tend to guide the children, to especially the girls, to take on a very specific jobs that you know give you more stable life, like banking. My mom is a banker, mm-hmm. right? Like banking, like office jobs, so it's more stable and it's less, yeah. like you know, adventurous and and time consuming. Yeah. So you can focus in your in you know in your family. Yeah, now as a me as a freelancer, I'm like a black sheep now. But uh, on paper, luckily my parents cannot speak English, so <laughs> I on paper I'm still working at the company. But in reality, I'm not. <laughs> wow! Because they just cannot accept the fact that I don't want to work at the company. Yeah, but yeah. I think um, it come back yeah. to you know uh, woman empowerment as well because we know what we mm-hmm. are as a like you know who we are as a person who we want to be. But at the end of the day, what I told everyone, like all the ladies around me, and by the way, I didn't tell my my cousin not to get married. Okay, I already talked about Korea. They don't know where she come from, and she, she come back and told her mom, and said, I don't want to get married. After talking to you know my cousin, it just I was shocked when I heard about yeah. this. Oh my goodness! Anyway, so um, what I'm trying to say is, we know who we are as a person, but we need to prove it, right? Mm. So my parents, especially my mom. Stop pressuring me as well because I think they they saw me. I mean, at a certain point, of course, I was with someone, and so introduced him, let's say, to my parents, and they were happy. But then after that, when I broke up, they see that I'm really unhappy or, or maybe mistreated in a way. 
you know, mm-hmm. it, it's relationship for us, right? Yeah. We, you know, global citizen, we're familiar with this. But I think they see it as well. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it pains them to see us that way. And they can actually compare to how usually happy we are without this situation. And, and I purposely sometimes I just poke my mom a bit and say, Hey mom, you see, like, um, because I'm not married without any kids. So I've been bringing you travel the whole world with me. <laughs> and you know, that is yeah. my happiness. And you can really see it. You're happy as well, right? Mm. <laughs> right? So that's once a while I have to actually put them to remind them that, hey, yeah. I am still happy, but in my different way, in my own way, yeah. without um, any man or children to be there. It's it's and the lack of reference. Yeah, you're, you're giving them new reference point now. It's like, yeah, hey, exactly. Look, and slowly yeah. I think yeah. they, they accept it. That's and also I think they... I'm lucky that my parents travel the world as well. I'm, I'm trying to do that with my mom, my mm-hmm. father, because of oil and gas work, he travel a lot. So he see things. It's just that the, the preference, um, you know, when he chose the culture and, you know, what he's been seeing mostly in Hanoi, everyone following that same pathways. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, in the South, is you know, it's more open. And yeah, my mom yeah. is very open-minded that way. Yeah. So, But I, I know a lot of women are not in the same situation. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also the matter of having children, it's kind of a naturally understood fact that you're going to have children. So, for example, when my parents talk about having children, they don't even ask, like, do you want to have children? No. It's kind of like a written rule that at some point you will have children. Mm. Exactly. Like, that is not acceptable if you don't, you choose not even having any child. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's say if you say, I dare any, you know, firstborn daughter in Vietnam that was tell your mom is like, I'm not gonna have any child. I just adopt mm-hmm. dogs <laughs> or cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's no, cannot. You cannot do that. Even my mom, you know, like she's a lot more open minded now. But when I told her she I'm going for my PhD and she's still why don't you have a baby first? I'm gonna take care of your child. <laughs> During your time study overseas, mm. I was like, "What? It's my child, and you're willing to take care of him or her for like what four, five years for a PhD?" And you know, that's the very beginning. Mm. You need to be with a child, you know. Yeah. And probably, my no, actually, that's the, the, old, the, the <laughs> yeah. old Chinese mentality. The old Chinese culture is like this: grandparents take care of their kids. Yeah, my, even like my mom was telling yeah. me that you know yeah, to, yeah. to give birth, and then they can go. Yeah, she my got to get my, my child. I was like, yeah. no, that is not right. It's, it's, interest, it's interesting because I, I, I come, uh, like I'm from France and we have a lot of Vietnamese immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend. Now we both lived in Canada and he has a kid. And he said, he told me it with his wife. He was like, you know, we can talk a lot about, you know, modern culture, but if my parents were here to help me with the baby, that would be so good. <laughs> you know, he was like, oh, we're independent. I don't want to bother them. He was like, Maybe I'm gonna fly them here so they can take care of my baby so I can work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so but, that's a thing, but it's completely different from yeah, being yeah, separated yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, very beginning years. Yeah. It's you know, super just important. That, yeah. Indeed, then, yeah. then, then, why you give birth just to fulfill the duty, <laughs> and yeah, when you yeah. still have yeah. the, the time, right, as woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or to make your parents happy. That's the, always the worst solution. Yeah, for, for <laughs> so, them yeah. is happiness. Well, well, my mom them, to yeah. see but someone my mom already have my knees, and yeah. when she take care of my knees, already like they're tired. And she's like, I'm rich, I I don't care, I don't I don't yeah. need to take care of like, you know the children anymore. They give birth, they have to take care. I was yeah. like, then you ask me to give birth, <laughs> and then you take care of my child when I'm not even here. Yeah. It's a lot of conflicts. Yeah, I can see that. But you you see you yeah. see still like a lot of growth in your mother at least after every conflict. So she understands. Like, so there is an evolution of things. Yeah. So that gives hope. <laughs> I think it's like the, <laughs> the next generation. Two thoughts. 
you yeah. know, keep intertwined in her mind that mm-hmm. one side she understands, you know, yeah. the, the pathway I, I want to take. Yeah. The other side, she also have her own belief and what she really wants mm-hmm. as a mother. Yeah. So she kept like constantly fighting it. And yeah. 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 It's also the, um, when you live in an environment for so long, we left. So I like how you said global citizen, we left and we've, we've interacted consistently with different type of cultures so we are aware and we're used to those type of culture but for people like like i see it with my girlfriend sometimes and i see with people that they can interact with us and when they interact with us because they feel our intention they understand Mm -hmm. our words and the logics behind it they'll they'll believe in it and as soon as they go back to their environments it's like this black hole of like, no, you're not going to change. <laughs> so for five minutes, they're like, yeah, I understand you, my daughter. Yes, I have hope for you. And then they go back home and then the uncle come and then the husband is talking and then everybody's like, oh, but why is your skin so bad? And oh, why are you so dark? And then you go back to that environment of like, you know. the Yeah, but that's yeah. why the, the, the foundation of Women Empowerment Club training, yeah. you know, circle around this because mm-hmm. the mission of Women Empowerment Club, the three E's, the first level, you know, is a bit like Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? We have levels. Yeah. So the first level, foundation level, is empower yourself. Yeah. So you need to really know your central values as a person. Very good. So that no matter what, because people will always talk. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right? And how, how many people you are pleased, right? You're talking about just now, just Vietnamese, uh, okay, your own family, your relative, regional area, right? Northern, southern family, central family, then Vietnamese. And if, let's say, if you go overseas, you live in other countries, how many people you have to please? How many culture you have to please? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. As long as you know where your your, your, your core values are, mm-hmm. right? Then you're not going to be shaken with that. Then the second layer of, um, of empowerment is women empower women. This is extremely important. Yeah, so important. Mm. Yeah. It's so important. Why? Because a lot of Vietnamese believe that actually women pull each other down with jealousies, with competition, gossip, and all that. Yeah. But I believe that women actually the best companion you can seek for in terms of supports because they have to, no matter, you know, regardless of the backgrounds, the education levels, experience, we still, all Vietnamese women, we still live in the same country, still experience the same culture, similar expectations from families societies, responsibility we have to take or we're supposed to take so they understand deeply, yeah. you know, the struggles we're going through. So that's yeah. why we can share and connect with each other faster and easier mm-hmm. and yeah. know how to support each other best because we are in each other's shoes to share this experience. Yeah. Right? So that's why women empower women. So we also have mentoring program where alumni come back and mentor, you know, like the new batch. And the highest level is women empower community. Mm-hmm. So um, after three full days of training, the ladies gonna do eight weeks project with NGO local NGOs, also for enterprise to apply everything they've been learning about, like learning to understand their values, what they really want, do they enjoy doing mm-hmm. the community work or not, and also learn how to work with other women. Yeah. All right. Like women empower women mm. because they were always, you know, like those people are mid-career women. So they're somewhere, you know, they're leaders. Sometimes they can be very strong, <laughs> uh, like, you know, opinionated, yeah. strong will. But when you put a group of them together, there will be clash for sure. For sure, yeah. All right. But how can they learn to look at the main goal in the end, toward the end of the tunnel, instead of like, you know, just a small, like, you know, competition in between. Right. So it, women empower women. Yeah. Learn how. 
to do mm-hmm. it in eight weeks and also to deliver the goal by the NGO and support the community. That is the structure of the program. It's super powerful. Yeah. yeah. I have goosebumps. <laughs> This is really beautiful. And I, like uh, I already, you know, joining as a committee team and a colleague since batch seven. And actually just yesterday, uh, on, on last weekend, two days ago, we just finished the three-day tr- training for batch 11. Mm. Right. So it's almost like 300 ladies that, wow. you know, was empowered oh, already. A lot of them, you know, I, so I, I can say that I already have a few years observing the results, you know, and I see they glow. Mm-hmm. When we yeah. say glow, it's like, you know, a tree that really like, um, start to, they are watered and they really glow. Yeah. I can see it in like so many individuals and I also interviewed them personally and they said that, yes, a lot of their friends was like, what changed in you? You know, like you like, you are you, but you are very different. You, mm. Like you are a lot more beautiful. Is, but they, they cannot explain why. Yeah, We know. Themselves. Because yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because the seed inside them grows. Mm. Now they know who they are truly and they, they, they know their choice and everything. Right? So yeah. that, you know, in Vietnamese, we say, <laughs> we have the, the word tâm sinh tướng. As in, um, you know, like, um, your mind changed your appearance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this can be seen so clearly wow. through the program. The, the yes. impact that you're having right now, and then 300 leaders spreading the message, and it's a beautiful message. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a true message, being authentic mm-hmm. to who they are. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Can I just summarize the three levels? Because I, I think it's going to be important. E, yeah. The three E's are empower yourself by knowing your core values. Yeah. Women's empower women. That's the second level. And women's empowers communities. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's so nice. Very I, good. I'm for support. Yeah, and, in, um, in Vietnam. and just to uh, finish with this, it's how do you join? <laughs> so first, they are uh, they must be Vietnamese. Yes. Yes. Um, 25 to 40 years old, so mid career, and uh, very simple. They uh, we don't need advanced English because mm. you know Vietnam like yeah. Vietnamese training Vietnamese doesn't yeah. make sense when you speak English. <laughs> But they still have to do the presentation at the end on graduation day to the representative of like U.S. Consulate General. So a decent level of English mm-hmm. that they can present and answer mm-hmm. Q&A. They just need to um, fill in a very basic information form and uh, record a video of themselves for mm-hmm. around two minutes mm-hmm. right, to, ex- to answer a set of questions like um, who they are, why are they interested in women empowerment, And what do they plan to, yeah. you know, to share this knowledge they learned with mm. other people? Yeah. Uh, this is what a nice, such a nice recruitment. And a I lot, think, you know, a lot of people they did. actually <laughs> kind of like a bit, you know, it's it's still not common for many people to to record a video as an application because uh-huh. a lot of people they're not comfortable, you know, like Sitting, recording themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even through phone interview, reading the, you know, like your your writing. They are not as powerful as looking at you in a video because we can see your authenticity. Yeah, and yes. how yes. willing you are to actually put I yourself know. out there. And also, <laughs> it's a very good way to test your level of English. So, <laughs> but that's the minor. Daunting, we want yes. to see the sparkle in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, This the sparkle is... happens when someone really committed. So when someone really make the application, put themselves on the video, it shows that, okay, time to don't care anymore about how I look. And what I say, just really show up. Yeah. Mm. And do the work. 
And so now that it's been 11 batches, what's the future of uh, Women's Empowerment Club? So since actually since uh, batch 11, uh, batch 7 until now, it's been running by alumni. Yeah. So oh, me and the friends, yeah. yeah. So it's very sustainable yeah, because yeah, we have different level, like different leaders. Let's say seven and nine, uh, seven and eight were run by different leader, and nine yeah. to eleven to now it was different leaders, right? But all of them are alumni. So alumni running program for alumni. And the uh, whole program is a is a year. How long uh, is the program? So uh, every year we open two batches. Okay. Yeah. All right. So probably next until next year gonna be batch twelve and thirteen. Wow. Yeah, okay. and because we had a press conference for to celebrate the 10 batch anniversary mm-hmm. on March, and I heard um, that in Hanoi, American Center in Hanoi, they just started running this Women Empowerment Club for the Hanoi. Oh, oh, so, it was a, the, so it was just in Saigon? All in Saigon. And oh, we wow. even asked before, you know, like, is there any other Women Empowerment Club activities in other countries? No. Like we were like literally like the first, and so actually also wow. we have other countries looking at this model. So you're and taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's good. That's so nice. That's actually so so nice. Yeah, I, uh, Vietnam needed so much, especially the north. I, especially, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this whole north south situation here, but I I I believe you if you say that. I think everybody needs it. I mean, every every ladies. Um, yep. And now I think after women empowerment, leading from there, um, we also would like to understand more how gender equality plays out in different industries. Because Solin, you have work in in the gender equality across Vietnam industries. Mm. So how do you translate <laughs> gender equality into industries in Vietnam? Um. Okay, so apart from women empowerment, right, uh, which a lot of people related to gender equality. Yeah. For me, it's just a small part of gender equality. So I had a chance to work in a few different industries. Since I back to, I was back to Vietnam from IT to um, HR, and I worked with a lot of different clients from different industries. I've been seeing the a bit of the gender unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very just the surface, right? So the mm-hmm. surface of it, deep of the iceberg only. And because I'm really interested in this topic, so I also go to a lot of events, and I hear a lot of leaders from different industry talking about these issues as well. Then I start noticing that only the scholars and the leaders talk about this, but it's very generic. Mm-hmm. It's normally not down into actions, uh, specific actions. Um, so that's why I've been wanting to do something, but with industry context specific. Because in Vietnam, even in industry, let's say healthcare or education, right? A yeah. lot of people think that, wait, but you have female and male teacher as well, <laughs> right? Why is it, but like, you know, is it like in gender inequality, does it exist? But it does, right? So it's like much deeper into the yeah. industry context. And how does yeah. it look like? Like I'm not working in education, for example, but how the the inequality looks like in education in Vietnam? Uh, actually, it depends. Uh, normally in Vietnam, you will see that you might have both female and male representative in the industry. But let's look at the management board, mm. the leaders, mm-hmm. right? That's normally we we there's a a lot of facets we touch on. For example, uh, representative in the management board. Is it more men? 
uh, woman, right? In beauty industry, it's also very interesting that actually if you look at our website, you can see a lot of statistics, even globally. Yeah. For example, in the beauty cosmetic industries, mm-hmm. you know, is the woman are the one who spend the most. But most of the the top level is always men. Yeah. yeah. So interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, and and that is just a very small part of it. But if you talk about gender equality, especially in the working environment, mm-hmm. there's a lot of have a checklist for you to look at it like inclusive voice right for example in Vietnamese culture if before you have a meeting who prepare the meeting room who serve the water and coffee yeah. who gonna be the note takers mm-hmm. right yeah. um, or you can see even like is is the is a study globally about this it's like for example when woman is talking men tend to interrupt them more than men interrupt men yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah, that happens. Yeah, see? yeah. So all of this yeah. is actually gonna come from, or like you know, if uh, um. now we see in Vietnam, right, is more people speak up about bullies yeah. and harassment at work, right? Yeah. And all of this coming from a foundation of like lack of respect for a certain group of people. It can be like yeah. gender. It tend to be more like you know. Unfortunately, it's still in Vietnam. On surface, you see, it's still men toward women. But I also know there are a lot of you know, a lot of things that the other way around. However, because of Vietnamese mm-hmm. culture, men do not really speak up about this because they are perceived, they, they under a lot of pressure as well, they have to be, you know, strong, reliable. So yeah. if they are, you know, a victim of harassment, they consider weak or they use the word even like it's very, you know, disrespectful for women they call Dodanba, like mm-hmm. as a woman. So they lost their... You know, the, they, the masculinity. Yes, yeah. masculinity. And it's just toxic masculinity again. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the big problem. Exactly, like, yeah, you, you toxic masculinity. Yeah. Exactly. It's, and yeah. and a lot of very interesting statistics you see um on on the study as well. Right, I'm a, I'm I'm an educator, so I all about <laughs> the statistics. Study, you know, I, I like that. Uh, you know, yeah, statistic, um, yeah, that the level of people, the number of of people who committed suicide because of you know depression, yeah. men is higher than women. Because yeah. they cannot speak up. Women are considered as the creatures who are more expressive. Mm-hmm. Right? Or sometimes, like, you know, in Vietnamese, they always have this, like, um, the mocking is like, women are very talkative. Right? Talk, 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 talk. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in Vietnamese, we have to say that three women and a duck, it makes a market. <laughs> a wet market, by the way. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> three women and a duck, it makes a, a wet market. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and, it's like, you know, men are expected to be strong, to yeah, be the yeah. one, like, you know, to have to, to be burdened with the uh, financial, yeah. you know, finance of the family, to be the, the breadwinner in the family, yeah. not allowed to show emotions, to be weak, yeah. right? Yeah. And because Vietnam is still a masculine society. It's exactly yeah. how my father, my father taught me like this, don't cry, don't show you're weak, you know, because yeah. don't lose face. When you just wanted to cry, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's very toxic. It's, it's, it's kind of like, like not acceptable super, yeah. there while we still you know human. So that's why yeah. when we talk about gender equality, it's very complicated because yeah. it's intertwined deeply with the culture aspect yeah. in it. So how do you approach this? That's that's actually what I wanted to ask you because you said it's only the tip of the iceberg, and I'm, I know like you know specifically for the Vietnamese society of today. 
there must be an approach that you chose as an educator to choose. And so which... which so we also provide the first in-depth training, but we purposely target the future leaders. So mm-hmm. we are ah. looking at the mid-careers. Now, why? Because now this is very different from Women Empowerment Club. Yeah. Right? Women Empowerment Club is self-development. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it still belongs to the top of you know must low hierarchy of needs, the self actualization. Okay. Right. Yeah. You realize like you choose, you know who you are as a person. But also for the gender equality, it's very specific because it's you know gender specific, and you really want to do something to change it or to create impacts of it at work, um, you know, and also to the stakeholders you work with. So it's already a dry topic. Uh, but you also need to reach to a certain level to want to do that. Now, is you're not going to be constrained by money anymore, right? You reach to a certain title that, you know, you care about something more advanced, right? Mm. It's also the kind of like the top, a bit top of the, the you know, hierarchy. gender, uh, like uh, of the Maslow hierarchy of, yeah, needs, yeah. High yeah. hierarchy of needs as well. And um, <clears throat> that's why we, we need to target, you know, a bit of the management level. So mid-career, yeah. right? Like mid-management level. Yeah. Uh, when they're already... Start seeing the issues as the leader, uh-huh. but they're gonna be future top leaders, right? Maybe in ten years, some of them are already owner of the companies, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Um, they care enough to put in application. So we teach them, we train them actually, we train them from the foundation knowledge okay, of yeah. you know of gender. For example, in Vietnam, a lot of people still mix up between the concept between sexuality and you know in gender. For example, we're all born with certain physical body physical design yeah. right and, and label as you know like we talk about like xy or you know that male or female right mm-hmm. so that yeah. is the you know, sexuality and then gender and then gender roles right mm-hmm. and then we start going deep down into how it uh, reflects through for example uh in education so we show also the some pictures on our Vietnam. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, for example, in one of the slides, we're seeing, we count four different frames of doctors and all of them are male. Yo, mm. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and we talk about, you know, unconscious bias and how it started. Yeah, we talk yeah. about, if you really notice that girls always play dolls attached to pink. Yeah. Yeah. Boys always play, you know, like a cars, blue color. Right, superheroes, yeah. right? Yeah. So it started at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And even when most of them already have children, for example, and then they start picking the toys for the for the children. Unconsciously they also pick those yeah. without realizing. So a doll for the girl. And then it's so automatic. Uh-huh. You go they go to the shop and then yeah, that's what I pick. A doll for my girl and a car for my boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like girls being yeah. sent to learn ballet. Right, but like, yeah. wow, boy is gonna go for you know martial arts. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> I had the boy toys and uh, yeah, and then okay. uh, yeah, but it no, no expression of yeah. There's an understanding now of like you know male in a, male energy, female energy, and everybody's on the spectrum of things. And mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no approach of that from my dad. And then you grow a bit like <laughs> yeah. older when you start entering school time, mm-hmm. right? It's even clearer. For example, one of the projects that the the past education team, yeah. one of the teams, they even interview uh, a girl. I think end of primary school, early secondary school, and asking about you know some of the sign of it let's say for example like activities outside class what can you do is there anything that you cannot do but your classmate the boys can do say yeah martial mm-hmm. arts like how far 
Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vietnam or something like that, or Taekwondo, right? I said, can you join? I said, no. My teacher said, girls cannot join. Only um, boys can join it. Yeah. And then girls gonna go to the sewing classes. <laughs> boys cannot join. <laughs> See, this so, is still like this in Vietnam. Uh, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really surprised about that as well, but because yeah. you see, education when we talk about, it, let's say, the whole industry, right, is very large. So which one, which aspect you're looking at? Yeah. So, for example, we have the principal and vice principals of uh, uh, kindergartens joining mm-hmm. as well, and they will automatically when we do the gender bias, let's say, who gonna you gonna recruit as the kindergarten teacher? Automatically, all of them will say, okay, all the men out, mm-hmm. right? All the men out because. You know, parents will not be not uh, trust. Yeah, not gonna trust the male teachers, you know, yeah, to take yeah. care, change clothes for their children, and then other teachers in other like people, other um, trainee from education, they start voicing up. They was like, "Wait, but you don't just, you know, like take care of them, changing clothes for them. You also have to teach them in other aspects, let's say arts, uh-huh. right? And then even all the principals or vice principals, trainee, they was like, oh." Yeah, right. Right. But it's you see it's immediately their action even they work in the industry. Yeah. Right. Because it's the whole common industry practice that they actually didn't question it. Yeah. I mean I heard from one podcast that you when you go to work you actually bring your home situation to work. You bring your let's say you have a certain relationship with your mother. You bring that to work. Mm-hmm. You have a certain trauma at home. You bring that of to course. work. Of and course. if we think about Vietnamese society or that structure, the rigid gender structure, then it's kind of seem like, yeah, unders- understandable, not understandable, but like we see the reason why they, we see that in the industry itself. So deep-rooted in yeah, the so society. Yeah, because yeah. you see, like from very early childhood, where with, with something with the toys, it's already gender yeah. roles. Uh, it's the patriarchy we say it's because it's it's a very male-driven society in in general like you know in uh, across the world i don't want to generalize just for vietnam but the government if you look at it it's it's all male very deep-rooted sense of like like they don't even understand it's like toxic masculinity but like you you saw it during the the lockdown where like someone in the government said that female pads were not a necessities you you understand how you know, oh, yeah. deep, deep, deep rooted. <laughs> the necessity and the yeah. truck was carrying, I think it's from Dinah, right? And the brand, and they said that it's not necessity, it's, and it was, it did not, you know, like, you know yeah. allow to enter the yeah. city. You, <laughs> you know that it's an, like yeah. a man that is behind the signing, all those things. No, this is. Uh, I think it's also coming from, uh, no, I think it's the exposure as well. Yeah. Because we cannot just talk about all of the negative things. Of course. Yeah. Because actually, Vietnam is considered a very um, open-minded country mm-hmm. because I used to live in Uganda, right? For example, yeah. where if you declare to be belong to LGBT, you have death penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Vietnam, as compared to many other countries, if you really look at Japanese culture or Korean culture, right, Vietnamese culture is really open, you know, open-minded mm-hmm. with this community. And we also have policies, actually a lot of policies in, in, in the go- from the government and also workplace policies to... To support women as well, mm-hmm. you know, okay. to to, yeah. to support women, and even though sometimes those policies might create a constraints for women, but it's because the only way they know is like that's how they support. For so, for example, when you retire, right, uh, women in Vietnam retire at age fifty five, 
so early. While for men, it's 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And if you... If we've been working, you realize that, you know, five years is going to create a lot of big gap in terms of incomes. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And experience around that. So why women can retire earlier, right? Because they normally work. They say they give birth and they need more time and their health will be not as the same as men. That is a good intention from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But now it's not applicable anymore. Yeah. Right. It's 55, so you are just still young, you still have energy. And yeah, I look at my mom when she retired and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and my mom, my mom was telling me like, yeah, I'm retired 55, but think now, let's say if I gonna be like your grandma, live until 85, I do have 35, 30 more years to go. That is freaking long. That is half of my life. I said, okay, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, then it's, you know, some people enjoy it, but then in reality, right, it's still yeah. a gap. There's still a gap in there. Why? Why uh, females retired 55? What about like if they volunteer to yeah. like, you know, early retirement? Okay, no need to say about it, but yeah. So uh, how long have you been um, working for gender equality? Uh, so we got the grant approved by the uh, U.S. Consulate General last year. Uh, last year, okay. So it's, uh, uh, it's very in, in last year, around July last year. And we've been running already three industries. Mm-hmm. The first one was press and media. Yes. Second one, it was education. And we just finished the training two weeks ago with beauty oh, and fashion. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're planning to touch on healthcare as the next one. Well, how is it so far? Do you feel overwhelmed a little bit? or? <laughs> <laughs> when, because I'm also a university, university yeah, yeah. lecturer, right? So let's say if it, the training crossed around uh-huh. the time, I have to submit a lot of markings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it's about time management. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's, again, it's, I think it's, it's, it's the passion. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it actually gives me powers and when I see a lot of feedback from mm-hmm. the trainee because we do have the test before and after the training so how the thing that you know for example a beginning let's say when we have the question is like do you think your workplace is you know gender equal more of them might tick on yes especially for beauty and fashion industry mm-hmm. where you can tend to see more female and LGBT right, working in this industry but then after they really learn about aspects of what does it mean by equal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. When gender equal, and then you know, like the most of the answer no, yeah, All right. But it's good because it's it's that's what they mean by awareness, yeah, right? Because yeah. we just aim to raise awareness, and then they're gonna practice something to raise awareness for other people in their environment as well. Now, um, why did I choose another very important aspect? Why did I design the the program this way? Because I believe that as you were saying, we, we carry everything, you know, at home, yeah. our experience to work. Um, I, I look at, at work and in work. First, everything we experience at work, things that we might not even call out as the, the you know, okay, it's a sign of gender equal and we think it's okay, it's all right for it to happen, it's happen at work. It will show and reflect through your work afterward because your perception about certain things. You know, it's yeah. affect, it was affected by mm. your environment that you thought that it was okay. So now, if we step back, do you remember the case of Forbes? One of the 30s, you know, the nomination of Forbes recently yeah. with the sexual harassment, but through the, like, you know, verbal and through image. You remember the case Forbes no. 30 in the 30s and one of the members who was nominated Mm-hmm. Right, received like we had all the scandals that really? he was actually uh, sexual harassed a lot of girls in his school during his time in UK. 
So oh. that's a very good case studies because actually the school, you know, is proud, right? If you have a, an alumni who is actually you know, nominated in the Forbes 30 and mm-hmm. 30 list, right? Yeah. So, but then when the girls actually, is, they, it's come out in 2019, she tried to sue him before. Mm-hmm. Actually, the lecturer, like the, the, the teacher in the, high, in the high school, a female teacher some more came in and told her to drop it. The whole school dro- advised her to drop the case because it's going to shame the school. Oh. And yeah. also the, the female teacher also told her that you're justified on his behalf without him asking. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, so his family background like this and that. You know, he didn't really mean it. <sighs> this and that. See, because if you really think that is a, a teacher and then think about a reporter, right? Or if you read what you read on newspapers, right? All of this also deepen your knowledge of a certain topic. Yeah. Right? The way they've been using the word, a certain word, let's say, bede. Mm-hmm. Right, or Dodanba as a woman. Right, all, all of those terms are actually, and a hot girl in Vietnamese, like there's a choice, like they always have the the title of the articles, like hot girl, this hot girl, that. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. or like when we say, like when it comes to manager or leaders or founder, for men, they never say male founder successfully call, <laughs> you know, <laughs> call, you know, how much investment fund, yeah. but it's always female founder, like you mm-hmm. always have to label the, the, the gender in front of it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. a lot of like misunderstanding of um, what it means by you know gender respect, um, inclusive meaning when you're writing an article is in work is reflect through your work, but it has a lot to do with your encounters in the work yeah. environment. Wow. All right, what yeah. you accept, you know, it's okay to happen, and it's not okay to happen. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know if you educate about this in, in terms of workplace language, for example. We do. And because, yeah, if, if people at home, let's say, treat women with disre- disrespectfully and then they go to work and then they do the same and, and, and for them it's natural to say, oh, you are, uh, I don't know, you are so weak. I don't know what kind of things right. that we have a lot saying. of sexist jokes yeah. in uh, mm. work environments in Vietnam. Or like girls are like, oh, men Everywhere. should do this and should do that. Yeah. And then men come back, oh, but women should be like this and that. The point is that a lot of them are not even aware yeah, that yeah, you yeah. know this is like um it's sexist and it's it's you know and it's wrong. It's lack of yeah. respect. So basically, what we train mainly is gender equity actually because it works gender equity, diversity and inclusion because. You cannot achieve gender equality without gender equity. Mm-hmm. These two are very different because, you know, we have to admit that the, the workplace design, if you really, like a lot of people were saying, okay, but I give equal opportunities, right, mm. uh, to, to be the manager. You know, I give, it's equal to everyone. So the men, if they can perform better, they get there, it's because of their ability. But they forgot that. You know, those women, they come back, they have unpaid jobs, which is like caretakers, taking care of children and all Mm. that, right? So after work, instead of going for networking, you know, to extend, you know, like the network, work opportunities or attend other additional uh, like training, workshop on the weekends and all that, they have to take care of their children. And um, I talked with a mom who said she feels bad abandoning her child. And and I don't know if in a, in a family environment, do they create that gear that as a mom, you should be spend most of your time with your children and it's like an act of abandonment 
if you decide like no i want to you can also see this a lot on all of the interviews for a lot of um we will show those uh case studies as well in our training a lot of interview even for national tv channels though and i was interviewed before in this case i work in startup as well with vietnam dental tourism um so one of the pitching price uh one of the first question i received from by the way is the hdv mm. right they were asking me about what do you think about you know women working in startup can they fulfill their duties with the families <laughs> but no one asked the men that yeah, you know what not. i mean yeah. or if you look at the case of let's say the ceo of chung win right on the, the on the children chose the mother and you know he was like openly publicly like declare they say that you know he said that he's not very close with the family and he only focused in career and his you know for him that's enough it's not the family that he prioritized right and something like that is still can appear in public and be agreed by so many people if a woman said that that would be imagine a it. woman saying yeah. that she would Ooh, be stoned <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh my god it's gonna be harsh on her yeah right so what society accept you know as as men and women is very different but that's mm-hmm. where you come in you know with the police workplace policies right with policies for example flexible working hours or you have any police let's say if you really look at maternity leave right now in vietnam only women have it yeah mm-hmm. but taking care of children is the job of both parents <laughs> why only women yeah. are given you know maternity leave And long time, yeah. it means it's even deepen, mm-hmm. you know, the gender roles. Right? Those, those are those are those are things that were problems in the West. Uh, only 10 years ago, I feel like you know, paternity leaves has been more popular in France and in in Canada. Just about the last 10, 15 years only. So it's, I feel like it's coming. <laughs> just a little bit slower. Oh, well, actually, hope. a lot of people, a lot. I I know a lot of American women specifically. Yeah. They very you know they actually jealous of Vietnamese women who would yeah. have up to six months of maternity leave. Uh-huh. But yes, that's what I mean. It's, it's already advanced. However, yeah. not enough. It's not inclusive. <laughs> yeah. Why only? Because when you get sure, yeah. more flexible, you know, only for women, it's mm. also you know deepen their sole responsibility as a caretaker. Yeah, and also like some dad might have a need to deepen their relationship with their child and they just don't give them the opportunity for that. Exactly. So they, they kind of accept that, okay, mm-hmm. the child gonna be closer to the mom, fact, period, done. Yeah. But I, I'm sure there are men out there who wants to also participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually in survey, global survey that, you know, the owner fathers and they say that they really, they're willing to take leave, you know, and to be a part of this. However, if there is no policy like that in place, then what can they do? Yeah. All right. So this is, now, there are two different le- uh, level of policies. One is coming from the government, mm-hmm. right? So, luật lao động, right? So uh, this is for the labor laws, policies. And then one is the policy within the company. So created by the companies. So advanced organizations, yeah. they're going to have very good policies in this. To, to support um, both gen- and you know, support especially uh, the the female employees mm. yeah yeah I have a question but I know I'm not so sure if I can phrase it well but do you think like uh, let me try mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you think um, when we talk about gender equality or gender equity and and when we're trying to educate people on those problems we're avoiding maybe the bigger picture which is And we've seen it after COVID and everything. Maybe the structure of society of how work is. Maybe that's the biggest, the bigger picture is we shouldn't be working in corporate companies. We shouldn't have leadership this way. Maybe 
where like if you see we're both freelance and like we've like you know and if you look at the patterns of the west also it's like the culture of burning out is also very he- much here in vietnam and those are issues that needs to be addressed too like where uh, maybe the corporate world I, I, I that's why i wasn't too sure if i could <laughs> phrase this but do you think that's a problem But um, it's very interesting that you asked me this because just last week I was talking to my friends that I think there's also a toxic like un- agreement, unspoken agreement that in startup world it is okay to work day, days and nights yeah, yeah, and yeah. burn out as well. Of so course. that's startup, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. and you do see that you know if you are already married, either mm-hmm. whatever gender you like you are, mm-hmm. but if you work in a startup industry, right, in a startup environment. It is okay to be burned out. Yeah, it's you know to work okay days to and nights. <laughs> yeah. So you see, it's not just corporate world. Of course, of it's course, startup yeah. as well. Yeah. And what I believe is that you know all the industries, how it's structured, how it's work, mm. all of them are designed and created by human. We are the one created and designed it, mm-hmm. so we could also change it. Yeah. But we can only change it when we see the problems. So mm-hmm. it starts from the awareness first. Fair enough, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why we, what we're doing, you know, we design, for example, we have to raise awareness for them, let's say, unpaid jobs, unpaid work, right? Like being a caretaker, so mm-hmm. that. And how many hours women spend a day? How many hours men spend a day? It's three um, versus five, by mm-hmm. the way. Okay. So in Vietnam, yeah, yeah, statistics yeah. in 2019. So men, two hours less than yeah. women. Don't, don't think that men don't do housework, by the way. Right? They do. For example, you're taking your pets out, You wash, bike, and all that, right? <laughs> those, out the trash. <laughs> those are houseworks, by the way, mm-hmm. right? So um, we need to understand it fair and correctly, right? Mm-hmm. However, how if we look at much bigger picture, okay, now how those unpaid work affect their performance at work, mm-hmm. right? Because they can be burned out if they, you know, they 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 doing yeah. all of this at the same time, yeah. right? And how would affect their future career growth? So right, so all of this coming to a much because everything is linked mm-hmm. to each other. We we, we are social creature, right? very yeah, complicated. Yeah. That's why I say that we bring all of the experiences, the burnout at at home, to work, yeah. right, and reapply it into the workplace, right. So all of the future leaders, right, they need to be aware of all of this. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, actually, yeah. Thanks Especially, for answering yeah. this way. Yeah. <laughs> or inclusive voice, the same thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The small little thing, the practice, you think that's okay, but why is always women serving the drinks or prepare the meeting rooms yeah. or be the note taker? Mm-hmm. Right? Who is the one who tend to be spoken less um, in the room? Where are they sitting? It's right. also interesting when you mention like outside the podcast, actually, this kind of what women also expect men to do, like um, changing the water, <laughs> doing mm. the exactly. heavy stuff. And and I think it's also so unconscious thinking that we women, Vietnamese, we are weaker so, than men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so a lot of, in, in mostly every training, our like training members always write voice up about the example of changing the water bottle. Right? <laughs> and I also see so many men feel uncomfortable about that because they was like, hey, It's not written in my job description, <laughs> right? So let's say if the the let's say if they happen to sit close to it or in the office, like a lot of female, and um, even by the way, the gay colleagues was like you know it's like your sole responsibility. Like you know like empty, 
我的 bottle， 哎 ，Why you haven't changed it？ It's like, Wait， sorry， it's not my job responsibility， <laughs> right？ So at least you try and it's see like you know, it's up to them if they want to support it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't expect that. It obviously is their role, is their job to do that. There's so much, yeah, yeah. empathy, compassion. That yeah. yeah. Or another one is I, I can I see a lot of people mention about it and it's so uncomfortable for me. Is that physical sexual harassment, but for men? For example, mm-hmm. if you sometimes you know some. Cultures can be so sensitive. If you just place your hand on their shoulders, the ladies, right? Mm-hmm. They already consider it. Can they already consider like your sexual harassment, yeah, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. But in Vietnam, because of Vietnamese culture, they think that only women can be sexual harassed, right? It's sometimes they, they the way they joke is very inappropriate. They can touch the man, and if the man show that okay, I I want my you know like a personal space, I'm not com- comfortable with that. Yeah. There's always like you know like the the sexist answer is that hey you men you must be like enjoying that when woman touch you why yeah. you reacting that way yeah. so all of this is not seriously taken you know into consideration mm. because you don't respect men and women the same way even the woman did that men mm. as well mm. yeah yeah it's important to mention the two sides of the coin so it's not only about women to have equal rights but also men to have yeah. the same rights to talk about harassment. Talk about <laughs> yeah. It's it's not it's, yeah. bringing the not changing the water bottle <laughs> because I, actually, ideally yeah. in our training, ideally when you reach to the certain point, you realize that we are all human. Yeah. yeah, and we should be treated the same. Yeah, and gender, for me, in my opinion, I don't speak on behalf of other people, but for me, gender is another label that we put on ourselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, because you're a woman, so you need to be treated this way. Right. I, but I if true, you see yeah. everyone, you know, really truly equal, it's like you're uh-huh. all we are all human beings, right? We have the right to protect ourselves, uh-huh. right? To to say no to things we're not comfortable. It's not because I'm man or woman that I should or should not behave or be treated this or that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah. I truly, truly appreciate Me where too. it's like there is a tendency because when when you look, when we look at gender on a very binary way, it becomes this opposition and this competition and this war. I've seen in relationship to you. As soon as you become boyfriend and girlfriend, there is that war that starts. It's like boys are like this, girls are like that, and then the mm. girls are talking to each other, and it becomes this war of genders. Mm. When I but but what I truly appreciate here is like the reminder that at the end of the day we work as a team. You know we're facing the same direction, and like it's our ability to communicate and to lay on the table our problems, and also to. To be able to set our own boundaries, everybody has different boundaries. It's not bound on genders or anything like this, exactly. but it's like your limitations are your limitations, and they're they should be respected. That is, and I like I like how this has been talked about and, today. And yeah, I also like that how through this organization or through you as well, you kind of bring a safe space to talk mm-hmm. about it. I mm-hmm. think that's the most important yeah. first step that to make people feel comfortable that it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. Don't think that it's normal. It's okay if you. Yeah. Want to believe something else? There's a space for that. One last question before we finish, probably because we're just a bit over an hour. So, what do you think about the the media these days, and like how Vietnam is so open to the world through internet? I see Netflix with you know so many TV shows and everything. Part of my question is: Are you scared that the gap is going to be unbreachable from the old generation to the younger generation? Um. Well, everything have two sides, right? Yeah, Always yeah. challenges and opportunities. Yeah. Um, I'm teaching mostly Gen Z, so I can see they really they deeply care about mm. all of this. They really care, yeah. you know, with their true heart. It's not just following a trend, 
Yeah. So that's great, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of access in the information. However, it's also challenging for them to learn how to filter the information correctly. Very true. So they're not yeah. gonna belong to the, the the trends of the like issues. Like let's say we talk about toxic uh, masculinity or toxic yeah. feminism. Yeah. Right. Um. Those are just created by only young people on the internet. <laughs> create them, like you know bad impressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Then the other side, you have other generations that deeply shaped by the culture like our parents. Right. Yeah. At the age of let's say 60, 70, how you expect to change them? Yeah. yeah. Right. I think that is where you know communication come in. Right. Communication yeah. is in the the most traditional way or by words. Right. Um, and for that, I think the efforts of being able to empower our parents or other generations to mm-hmm. really understand what's going on and it is okay to choose who they want to be yeah. right um, as a person and to be respected at work is really important and you must be like, I mean I think we, we need to believe that our parents like people around us like older generation they can understand that as well I mean, think about mm-hmm. it. Like all of them experience life longer than us. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do believe that they have more empathy than we think. I think, uh, I think yeah. they're just stubborn in a, a way because they've been yeah. seeing a lot of things. But they also they have mm-hmm. a lot of empathy for other people yeah. as well. So so they can understand because they also see the injustice at work, yeah. work mm-hmm. environment in the society between men because they are the one experience it the most. The yeah. the gender issues at work or even you know harassment anything they, they experience they see a lot of things mm-hmm. right but how can we communicate and bring it to them to see that okay this is the movement right how it how it shifted and all that they can even be very good advisors yeah, yeah. Of, of the situation but um we cannot expect them to get on Netflix. <laughs> well, I do it. Uh, like it's not yeah, Netflix yeah. for my mom, but it's all she watched was Korean drama. Yeah, that's, and it's not the right influence. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but um, no, I mean, like we cannot expect them that way. But um, I really enjoy how more and more, you know, like they pay attention their roles mm-hmm. to influence those people because you can see it on e-newspapers, printed newspapers, more cases like this happen as well like they talk about these issues yeah. so that is also one of the ways to bridge the generation gap in yeah. this gap like, uh, like you know of knowledge um, TV right, all the ads on TVs I can also see for example if you can start seeing the apps uh, like the, on the ads advertisements now that um, for example changing babies diapers also father doing it mm-hmm. or the mother tired yes. more men appearing in the kitchen Instead of like just purely, you know, like women always have the meals ready waiting for the husband to come yeah. back. You know, you start seeing the change in it. For so sure, those yeah. is the good signal. It's always start from, you know, bigger company, bigger corporates, yeah. right? Who really care about this. We have a lot of big corporates that really support this, like let's say KPMG, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you there's do. a lot of movements. Yeah. Okay. So fantastic. Everything keep you're doing, doing, so much yeah. respect. <laughs> yeah, keep doing the amazing work. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge work in Vietnam. So we're sending you all that good spirits to you <laughs> yeah. to please keep up. Even 
the hardest times. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a good lesson on gender equity and gender equality today. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, I, and you, I thought I was knowledgeable some about it. Yeah. On, you know, like what I've been talking about, I can send you some the statistics yeah, I love, as well, I love this, so you yeah. can have like. I'm you know, reference solely them. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested. I'm, I'm, I'm very yeah. interested because again, again, and just to conclude this, like because we're global citizens, and because I've lived in five different countries at this point, but every time that I'm coming to a new country, I'm trying to be as humble as I can to understand the social patterns and the social future of of the country, and I'm not part of the. But because like I'm 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 always on the fringe a little bit in mm-hmm. in, in my background and everything, I truly truly appreciate to see how you are impacting, you know, Vietnam. Because every action that you take right now is having such a great impact. And I can't have that impact as much as you. So I, I, I love to support, you know, people like you as much as I can. So it's very beautiful. I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm very inspired again. So thank you so yeah, much. I'm also, for me, women empowerment is really close to my heart. But uh, for me as a Viet Q, I feel sometimes like I don't know where is my influence yet mm-hmm. in this in this era. Um cause so i'm really fully supporting yeah. you and i hope i can somehow participate even though i don't speak so well in vietnamese <laughs> you, so, can. Yeah, you can <laughs> anything yeah. else you wanted to add uh, soline before um i think one of my end was just um you know when we talk about big pictures of um you know gender equality yeah i have to say every industry exists gender inequality yes. it's more important for us to be aware that uh we as human, we are all biased in you know one way or the other. Yeah. It's unavoidable. Yeah. It's okay as long as we are aware of it, and so we also know how to recognize the all of the signs of inequality. And with a good heart, we really want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's the starting point. Yeah, right? yes. there will always be ways we can you know raise awareness for other people, but it have to start from us first. You know, gender empowerment. All of that, you know, because we want to empower other genders as well, not just ourselves. We want to, to respect other the same way. So everything starting from us. Yes. Right. So that is something I want to add towards the end. Yeah. Thank Beautiful. you so much. Thank Beautiful. you, Soline. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Creators in Vietnam. If you like this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a 5-star rating and review in Apple Podcast. Also by sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time. <laughs>